According to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goal, SDG 7, countries should work towards access to affordable, reliable, sustainable, and modern energy for all by the year 2030 as an enabler to social economic transformation. Despite concerted efforts through various initiatives, electricity access remains a challenge with more than 700 million globally without access. Majority of those people live in sub-Saharan Africa. Kenya is no exception with more than 20% of its population without electricity access. In recent years, the government has intensified its electrification efforts, growing access from 20% in 2013 to more than 70% currently. However, access to electricity is low in 14 marginalized counties. These marginalized counties represent 72% of the country's total land area. Enhancing access through grid extension is expected to plateau due to the high cost of connecting households that are distant from the existing network. This calls for alternative approaches towards electrification, such as the use of mini-grids and solar home systems. But what are mini-grids? And where and how exactly do they work? My name is Zadi Bariti, and this is the second episode of the Power Dialogue podcast. Today, we will be talking about the electricity needs of underserved communities in Kenya. To lighten this up, the Power Dialogue podcast sat down with Edward Gakunju from the Rural Electrification and Renewable Energy Corporation. As a routine on the Power Dialogue, please share if there's a moment in your life that access to power or lack of access to power affected the quality of your life. Yes, as many other people would have uh, before we had power in the rural areas, I couldn't uh, get the connection until later on there was the extension of power to that uh, part of the country. As an expert in the sector working with COSAB, Please share with us some of the efforts towards achieving universal access to sustainable energy in Kenya. And uh, if you could give us some examples of programs that have gone towards this, especially in underserved areas of the country. The universal access is basically looked at from two fronts. That is from the mm -hmm. grid extension mm -hmm. and the off-grid power supply solutions. The efforts that are done through the grid extensions uh, through the electrification of public mm -hmm. facilities and households, whereby they are powered through the grid extensions. And then when you come to the off-grid power supply, this is where we have several fronts. One is through the solar home systems, mm -hmm. uh, whereby these are the single-dwelling single power supply systems, maybe a solar module, and then you can be able to just power that particular household. These are portable systems whereby you can be able to shift them from one place to another. We have the second solution, which is uh, the standalone systems. Standalone systems are the ones that are installed in buildings like schools, and uh, these can be installed depending on the size of the institution even dispensaries and so on, or even households, big households, or a small complex of interrelated buildings. 
And that uh, is what we now call the mini grids. Mostly the renewable energy mini grids. This can be wind mini grid or a solar mini grid, whereby through the power generation, you are able to power several public facilities and households interconnected from that mini grid. And it serves a particular radius depending on the size. With the new technologies on renewable energy, we are doing what we are calling the retrofitting, whereby we have now renewable energy incorporated in that kind of uh, system and be able to put in plant that can generate power using the renewable energy and minimize the use of the diesel station. What does COSAP stand for? What exactly necessitated the formation of this initiative, really? Yeah, COSAP in full is Kenya Off-Grid Solar Access Project, project that came up as a result of supporting the power supply in the off-grid areas. Previously, the government was negotiating or getting the credit facilities from multilateral development partners, but most of those credit facilities would go on towards the grid extension, uh, purely formulated to support the counties that we'd say have least connectivity uh, in Kenya. And in other words, we call them underserved counties. It's financed by the World Bank. And uh, the project has uh, about four components, which uh, are towards promoting or achievement of the universal access. Uh, this is a project that is covering the off-grid areas. And those were areas that were previously uh, more or less supported through the diesel stations. Mm-hmm. And uh, the project, when it was formulated, it was formulated to cover about 14 counties, which we call the yes. served counties. The first component yes. is what we call the mini-grids. As I said, mini-grids is where we are able to connect the public facilities and household within a radius of one to about four kilometers within that Mm -hmm. coverage. But number two, uh, in terms of the component, is what we call the solar home systems. These are portable gadgets which you can be able to just uh, install in the house. You have It has a, a module, then it has a connection for maybe one lamp, two lamps, three lamps, and four lamps, mm-hmm. depending on the size of the household that you are powering. Mm-hmm. And then the third component is uh, where we have the standalone Solar systems, these are now targeted for public facilities like the schools, health centers, the administration block, all those in those areas. And these are now the institutions that are on their own. They are not within the coverage of the main grids. We also have the standalone solar pumps. Whereby That's now, different from standalone systems? Okay, they are more related, but these are okay. now standalone to power the yes. buildings, like okay. the dispensary, the hospitals, and the water view. But yes. then the second category under the standalone is where we have what we call the standalone solar system. So it's a solar system, but now it will be powering a solar pump. This basically is to also target the improvement of water supply in those regions. Mm-hmm. So these ones will be installed where there is a borehole. Water and electricity at the same time? Yes. That's very innovative. So these schools we see in far-flung areas, those are the ones that benefit from the standalone systems yes, in those yes. un- underserved yes. areas. Targeting public institutions. Okay. So the fourth component under the COSAP is now what we call the capacity building. We are also trying to empower these communities through the, the program. They will also be educated in terms of power usage and so on, so that they can also part of income-generating activities mm-hmm. during the installation. Mr. Gakunju, you have mentioned there's 14 areas that COSAP is focusing on. Is there a criteria that distinguishes one county from the other and makes it worthy of the program? These counties have no other source of power. That's why they are called off-grid. It's what we are now promoting through the COSAP. 
what happens when the electrification programs get to these areas? The choice of these areas is a bit unique, given that we mm -hmm. don't envisage the grid extension to mm -hmm. go there maybe in the next 50 years or so. Mm -hmm. And number two, we also have what we call the legislative framework that is being introduced or which has now been produced, which is also looking at what happens to a mini grid when power arrives. So the solar mini grid is being done in a way that it is compatible to the grid, such that even if the grid aligns, all that will happen is that the network will still remain. And yes. the only now, what will happen is that mini grid, the power that is being generated from the mini grid will be fed to the grid and there yeah. will be just yeah. the interconnection to the grid. Ah, awesome. The project has a component which we are now having some funds that will be used for providing loans to the solar home companies yes. so that they can be able to extend their services to those areas. They target individuals through the solar home systems and it is targeting public facilities through the standalone systems. Since technology and innovation is part of everyday life in this day and age, are there any technologies or solutions that are being used to implement the COSAP project? Yes, first of all is the, the whole aspect of the solar energy to provide power supply trying to use the available resources to be able to see how can power be provided. Galiza just yes. got the grid connection just the other day. They have True. been using diesel, diesel generators all along. Mm -hmm. Given the capital intensive nature of the rural electrification, it's not likely that you'll be able to have a grid line extended all the way to Mandela. So mm -hmm. that's why now we are looking at those innovative ways to be able to reach out to those communities by either providing power through the, the renewable energy sources. We are also trying to look at other possible ways of supplementing this through the biomass systems in the renewable energy that can be used to generate power into those communities. Number two, the other major uh, innovative way is to see that these communities can be able to operate, have that public ownership and community ownership at the end of the day. Automated systems. And uh, from there, it will also minimize the operational cost for this project. Thank you, Mr. Kakunjo. Just how reliable are the solutions we have as far as off-grid solutions are concerned? They are reliable in terms of the fact that, uh, one, we still uh, we expect the, the sun to be there uh, year in, year out. We don't expect there to be any cost escalations after the installation we are also looking at it from that point of view of sustainability by ensuring that yeah. it is highly automated so that with increased number of connections, the power can still go down. Mm -hmm. We are also looking at a situation whereby several combinations of renewable energy can be used mm -hmm. uh, within those off-grid areas to ensure that the least mode of power generation is used so mm -hmm. as to make sure that it's sustainable. Number three, we are also looking at a situation whereby that we have that uh, capacity building by ensuring that the communities there are really advised in terms of having income generating activities mm -hmm. so that they can be able to pay for their power. Because mm -hmm. again, we are not the power is not being provided free. So with the time, we are expecting that with this uh, productive use of power, they'll be able to ensure that they can be able to generate some uh, funds is there a way of ensuring that reliability is there 100% to these areas? I think one thing is that these counties, as we are saying, they are underserved counties. Mm 
-hmm. And uh, they are deserved because in some of the cases, the grid is not there. Basically, the main source of power in those areas has been the diesel station. We also have now what I said, we are doing retrofitting. Those uh, diesel stations are also now being complemented by having uh, either wind or solar installed. Mm -hmm. Do we have investment in local R&D for experimentation to develop local solutions? Private mm -hmm. companies that have been providing power in those areas. And they, all they do is that they apply for a tariff from uh, EPRA and they are provided the tariff and they are able to uh, set up stations there. I know there are some that are even on wind. There are some that are on solar. The only issue is that maybe from the government perspective, we don't have any research that has been undertaken, having a wholesale survey, because what we did is that through the National Electrification Strategy, we did like a scoping study, whereby we were now trying to look at what kind of power solutions can be provided. And that's how we came up with these several modes of power supply that can be done. Mm -hmm. There was already a, a, a scoping study that was done, and uh, more or less the, what we call the Kenya National Electrification Study. Yes. which provided the background on how the investments can be done in those areas. It's very hard to provide power to scattered population. Are there regulations to ensure sustainability of the systems that are being deployed by COSAP? There were no yes. registration that were in place to be able to guide the establishment of mini-grids, but of late there has been several uh, the regulations that are being enacted by the EPRA, and I think that it's a process that is ongoing. So we had the mini grids for quite some time. I think the system would have grown at the moment. That is why we are having this kind of teething problems, but it's mm -hmm. because the mini grids is a new phenomenon. Initially, there was that notion that solar power is not real power. We thought that it would not be able to power heavy machinery. You find when you started the installation, especially for schools, people thought that solar power is not a strong power that would power their gadgets. There has been increased offtake for the solar power. And I think mm -hmm. it's still a growing market. People are realizing that solar power is the same as this other power. Even in the grid connected areas, people are also installing their own solar power. So it is just yeah. a question of public awareness. The project is being implemented by the three implementing agencies. We have Kenya Power, the Ministry of Energy, and RELEX. Thank you so much to Edward Gakunju for that enlightening brief on a project that is timely as we fight climate change. In the next episode of the Power Dialogue, we will be sharing an explainer of COP26 talks through an energy lens and its implications towards sustainable and affordable energy. My producer for this episode has been Frank Juma. On the Power Dialogue podcast, we cover different issues every fortnight as we give the mic to various subject experts, trailblazers and influencers in the energy sector to bring light to otherwise dark issues. If you found this episode insightful, do share your questions and comments with us on social and search for The Power Dialogue wherever you get your podcasts. Also, do let me know what insights you like to hear next and from whom. Make sure you hit subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. I am Zedi Bariti. Till next time, thanks for listening.